It's time for a little confetti. Today we have the author James Ferguson here to talk about hotel turnover and how to reduce it and of course improve the guest experience. All this and more on today's Hotel Insider. This episode was brought to you by co-hosts. Unfortunately, most guests aren't as patient as they used to be. They don't want to wait in line anymore. And guess what? They don't have to. With co-host mobile check-in, check-in is easy as one, two, three. You have your ID verification, plug in a little bit of information, finalize your payment, and they skip the line and they go straight to their room. No more waiting in line. It's a thing of the past. They don't even need to see the front desk. Give your hotel the power, the power of co-host. Hey, what's going on? You know who it is. It's Bruce Jordan at MJ Hotels. Thank you for joining us for another episode. I have today the author, James Ferguson. What's going on, buddy? How you been? What's up, man? Good to see you. Listen, I can't be- one, I can't believe that you actually wrote a book. All right. Two, I can't believe that you're already rocking, like selling so many copies and everything else. So what really inspired you to write this book and give something back to the industry? Yeah, man. So, you know, as my book touches on, it's it's really about improving retention for hotels and um, you know, unfortunately, I've, I've had my fair share of experience in, in turnover and, you know, through those processes, I learned to adapt. Um, and so one of the first times that I was laid off in a seasonal market, um, I used that time to prepare for the next opportunity. And so, you know, what I did was, is, you know, I wanted to set a playbook that would prepare me from a leadership standpoint, from a culture standpoint within the department I took on or the hotel itself and, and set myself up for success. And so with that time, I created that playbook. And then, you know, unfortunately, fast forward a few more years, it happened again. So what I do, I had time in my hands and it's a valuable resource. So from that, I decided, you know, it worked for me. What if I could do that for someone else? What if I could make, you know, someone coming up, you know, behind me, improve their way, improve their path. And so I started to put pen to paper and, um, you know, look, I'm no, I'm no writer, but I found a template. I started going chapter by chapter and really started to put down um, what I felt was a positive um, opportunity to make an impact in the industry. And, you know, since then, it's really taken off and people are really uh, seeming to resonate with it and it's making a difference. Now, a, a lot of people, though, they probably don't know your background. Like, you've been in the hotel industry for quite some time. Like, how did mm-hmm. you get started in the industry? Great question. So, um, you know, I started in the industry when I was still going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did was I was going to, to school in the morning, uh, 8 to 2, and then I found, you know, retail jobs. You only work until about 10 maybe even nine. Um, so I wanted to get as much as I could as far mm-hmm. as hourlies in. So I found a job at a local hotel, worked three to 11, started the front desk. Um, from there, you know, definitely grew very quickly within that, that hotel, which is a Wyndham. Um, then found a job here in, in Philadelphia at La Meridian mm-hmm. um, and bounced my way around and, and really grew. And, and I feel very fortunate that the industry allowed me to grow. And I think that's what's so great about our industry is that there's a lot of opportunity and. Um, so from Limeridian, I went to uh, a day's hotel property, so another Wyndham. Then I went to uh, uh, the Reed's Shelter Haven uh, and, you know, some more hotels after that. And, and through that process, I got to really experience the independent market, you know, flagged um, minimal service, um, full service. And so it really provided a lot of experience, a lot of opportunity for me to learn the ins and outs and, and do it with my hands and, and really get to know um, what works and what doesn't. And so that, that's what helped me write the book is that, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes and I talk about those mistakes in the book and how to help someone else learn from them without having to go through it. Nice, nice. You know, um, a lot of people say 
Uh, well, I heard one person say when they asked them the, about our labor labor problem and the and the labor shortage, they were like, "Well, you know, the reason why we have this labor shortage is because of le leadership." And I'm thinking, okay, you have one hotel that's paying a housekeeper ten dollars an hour, you have another hotel that's paying a housekeeper seventeen dollars an hour, and this housekeeper is go from this hotel that's paying ten to this hotel that's paying seventeen. It has nothing to do with her not being able to pay her bills. It has nothing to do with not being able to pay her rent. It's all because of leadership, <laughs> right? So, like, what do you think? Does leadership really play a, a part when you have this crazy market? Where people who are making, you know, eight, nine, ten dollars an hour, they're now they're making damn near twenty bucks an hour. It does, you know. I think that adjustment through COVID and things, um, we played a lot of reactive um, leadership styles. We're, we're, we're saying, okay, the Seven Eleven down the street is paying twenty dollars an hour. The Target's eighteen. We're paying eleven. I think we need to adjust. And instead of looking internally prior, because look, the retention has been an issue for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. The the industry. Uh, Labor Bureau or the Bureau of Labor Statistics tells us that in the hospitality industry specifically, you know, we were at 75% turnover rate and the mm -hmm. annual average is 10. Yeah. So that was pre-COVID. Now it's like 150%. It's crazy. So, um, you know, what that tells us, it's, it's a long, it's been long overdue. And I think instead of looking internally and looking to make adjustments like you would techno technologically or operationally, we've sort of let it fester and, and it's sort of impacted us negatively through this process. And so now I think, again, people are being very, very reactive, um, but as leaders, we need to be proactive. And I mm -hmm. talk about that in the book and how important that is. And so, yes, leadership is everything. It's, it's, you know, we bring what we do every day, the energy we bring every day is vital. It sets the tone. And so if, if you can create a place where people feel loved, served and cared for like family, mm -hmm. then they'll be willing to get paid a little less for that because it's not always about money. It can be part of the equation, right? To pay bills and if the opportunity makes sense. But I'd rather be excited about going to work every day than be paying attention to my check every Friday. Um, and I think the more that we get hotels and, and really all businesses to see it that way and to provide that opportunity for people, the more um, you know, sustainable success they'll have. Nice, nice. Now, I, I know you got some, a, a lot of plays in this playbook. Huh? And I know you then took some hotels to the Super Bowl. So let's just break down a, a couple of these plays out of the out of the playbook. What's the uh, what's the number one play out of the playbook that you recommend everybody use no matter what? Well, I talk about it in the book, and, and honestly, it's daily huddle. And the reason I say that, and it's something that seems so basic, mm -hmm. um, but the consistency of what daily huddle creates, there's so much opportunity within it. Um, you know, and it's really, you know, being that I've worked in independent markets as well as flagged, um, you know, you, you know you have that structure when you, when you work at a Wyndham or, or something like that. Um, but really, again, it goes back to leadership, right? If, if they don't want to have huddle today or they don't think it's working anymore, they'll just cancel it. But what it does is it brings everybody together every single day. It allows you as the leader to communicate, articulate purpose, provide um, a vision for the future. And, you know, to bring everybody together and have a positive impact at the start and end of someone's shift is really meaningful and, and it really changes the game. And then, you know, obviously it's called confetti culture and, and what the opportunity of that is, is you can take confetti and celebrate your team, yeah. right? You can celebrate people, you can recognize people's birthdays, mm -hmm. that they just had a baby, that they were just promoted. Um, and recognition and reward is, is a major piece of why people leave. If they're not recognized and rewarded for the things that they do, then they're gonna go somewhere that does. Um, and what Daily Huddle does is it creates a commitment and a consistency 
from the leader and the rest of the team that allows people to really create that culture of positivity, uh, positive energy. And then this stuff, whether you like it or not, is going to impact the guest experience. And I think that's what we're all striving to do is improve the guest experience. And so if you have happy employees, people that feel recognized, rewarded, um, you know, they're, they're really involved in decision making and, and looking forward to the future, they're going to make sure that the guests feel taken care of. And, and that's really what this playbook does. Is it breaks down the multiple ways that that can do it. And again, Daily Huddle is really the, the key to that success. Nice, nice. Tell me about one of the craziest problems that you had in the, uh, in the hotel industry and how you solved it. You know, I think a big one is, is favoritism. You know, favoritism is one of those things that um, sometimes, you know, leadership teams don't realize that they're doing, that they're creating, right? They're trying to be involved and they create relationships just like we do with the guests. And um, sometimes those relationships become more meaningful as you create them. And sometimes it can be something that you don't realize is happening, but other employees are, are realizing that you spend more time or you're investing more resources in certain people and not others. And with that favoritism, it really creates a toxic work environment. Yes. And when yes. you create a toxic work environment, that's one of the seven reasons why people leave. It, it just makes you feel like you're not part of, part of the team, part of the family. Um, and again, it's, it's something that we can all create and not know we're doing. Um, and so again, a great way to combat that is to just make sure that you're creating systems and putting things in place that are fair, that are part of everybody's experience. Um, and again, huddle is a great way, again, to create that consistency and that habit so that you don't miss the mark. You know, it's, uh, it's so funny because I, I, I always get the worst hotels. Like, that's what I do. I save failing hotels. Sure. And I've seen more hotels. I call it PEP. The people think their hotel needs a PIP. I'm like, nah, it needs a PEP first. Sure. I've seen PEP destroy more hotels than a PIP would ever will. And, and PEP stands for pride, ego, and politics. Okay. You know, you can, you can save an owner from many things. The hardest thing to save an owner from is themselves. For sure. Me owning a car doesn't make me a mechanic. You owning a hotel doesn't make you a hotel manager. <laughs> For sure. And that's why they pay, they pay us to do it, right? Um, but sometimes you're right. That, that, um, they think it goes hand in hand. It doesn't mm -hmm. always, right? There's mm -hmm. people that own hotels that used to run, and they do really know what they're doing. But, but even so, you know, just because you're a hotel manager doesn't mean that you're able to truly lead a team and find success. Um, and so that's, that's why it's great that there's our resources like this book and other books out there um, that can help those people that want to learn and make adjustments and, um, and, and see and be the change that, that you know, their team needs. I've seen fantastic uh, hotel operators, owner operators, and I asked him, where did you get your start? He was like, well, I started in housekeeping. I started doing laundry. Right. And then I did laundry and housekeeping for six months, and then I did maintenance for mm -hmm. six months. Then I went to the front desk, and they went out and they worked every single department before they even got rid of their management company and everything. So they knew exactly what they were doing. Right, and those are the owners you want to work for because exactly. they, they truly understand. And that again, that goes back to leadership. You know, it's really from the top down. If your owners are supportive of the leadership, the leadership will be supportive of the the line level people, and that will impact the guests. And um, I think from a leadership standpoint, a lot of people forget as they get promoted and have that mm. opportunity to grow is that you know when you become a manager you're no longer responsible for the guest experience you're responsible for the people mm -hmm. that are responsible for the guest experience um, and so when you learn that and you start to shift your mindset and then you start creating that culture where people um, 
you know, understand that you value them, you know, that's really going to change the game. And then they'll value the guests, and again, it, it transcends. And like I said, you know, this confetti will get everywhere, but that's the idea. It's a contagious thing, right? Energy is contagious, and um, you know, it's important to allow this to impact the lobby of a hotel. And, and um, you know, a lot of hotels I worked at, we actually use confetti in the guest experience. When people would be the guest of the day or something like that, we would use the confetti to greet them. Um, and really create that peak moment where typically confetti is used, you know, New Year's Eve, yeah. Super Bowl, whatever it is, um, where this really creates a heightened experience, not only for the guests, but also for the employees. And, and that's really where um, the name and the, and the concept comes from. Oh, housekeeper must have hated you. They have to clean up all that confetti. It's day. true. I did. I did through my experience. I did learn that, you know, initially I wouldn't clean it up. But you know, you learn. You got. You got to clean it up because then you just got people upset. Um, but you know what? Going back to, um, you know, leadership is about ownership and accountability. And um, when you see confetti throughout the heart of the house, mm -hmm. you know people are getting recognized. That they're getting rewarded. That their consistency is there. Uh, and so while it is a pain in the butt to clean up sometimes, when you see it and you know it's there, it, it's not, it doesn't mean a bad thing, it means a good thing, and it means that we're doing our jobs as leaders, and, and it's important to have that you know, impact, not just from the GM, but also the departmental managers in their you know, meetings and things like that. And um, you know, again, everything has a good and a bad, but Confetti has a lot of good. You know, um, when it comes to culture, especially with the, like the felling properties that I've seen, the way I seen them get in this particular position or this situation is one person will buy a hotel, he'll hire someone that he knows, doesn't know what they're doing. Sure. And that person who doesn't know what they're doing need to feel self assured and needs to reinforce their position. So they hire a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> That's absolutely and true. about six months later, like the, the bank is knocking on the door like, Hey, uh, you haven't paid your mortgage in the last three months, what's going on? So, like, how do you prevent that situation from permeating throughout the whole organization? That's, that's a perfect segue. Yeah, so, so that leads yeah. into my sort of the business side of this. So Confetti Culture, what we do is we work with hotel teams to improve retention. And the way that we do that is we work with the leadership team and ensure that the leadership principles and the cultures that I talk about in this book are something that are lived out by everyone from the GM to middle managers. And so that, you know, you could have the greatest GM mm -hmm. in the world, but they can only do so much. They only have so much time in a day. They can't sit one-on-one -on -one all the time with every manager and ensure they're the best leaders they can be. That's right. So what I do is I come in and I support the team. So I'll work in a group fashion, a one-on-one -on -one fashion, and I'll work with those managers to ensure that they understand what's going to get them to the next level within the department so that yeah. their teams individually feel loved, served, and cared for. Because again, you could have it at the GM level, but if it doesn't go all the way down, it's really not making the impact you need. And so whether you do have that solid top mm -hmm. or you have nothing at all, to your point, um, what we do is we really make sure that you don't have the time to do it, but I do. And let me take that off your plate. And let me make sure that these guys know what to do that's really gonna change them and set them apart from other hotels within their portfolio or beyond. Um, and then you know, sometimes we work with a couple hotels, sometimes we work with entire portfolios, um, but it really makes a positive difference and again, it's really just about time. Yeah. Um, and then we're able to fulfill that, and it's really making a difference. Perfect, perfect. How, did, how can everybody get the book? Well, you can go to the website, uh, theconfetticulturepaybook.com. Um, on there, you got resources from the book. Um, you got the five piece proactive plan. You have the leadership review board that's in the book. 
um, that shows you the different things that, that really will take your leadership to the next level. It's a bingo style um, sheet. It's a PDF you can download right there on the website, but it allows you to understand, that, am I doing this? Am I doing this every month? And, and seeing what to do. It really gives you a clear roadmap. Um, on there, again, there's a podcast, um, and I'll be growing that podcast to be um, you know, more of a, a interview style like this. Um, so really just trying to add value to you there. And, and the book is there, it's 1999. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all those. Um, but even now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking to, to grow it, so I've been giving it to, to hoteliers that I know to try and extend its reach. And you know, I'm very fortunate, I feel very fortunate um, to, be, to be gaining some traction and success with it. So uh, I hope you guys get it. Nice, nice. Tell everybody to watch your podcast. How can I get a, how can I get a, a hold of your podcast? So it's on you know, all your favorite platforms. Um, right now it's a monologue podcast, so what it does is it really outlines the things in the book, talks about the seven leading causes of turnover in the industry and with multiple ways to combat them. And so um, while I don't have an audiobook currently, it basically provides an overall summary or outline of what those things are, um, but to really get the details and what to do, you'll really want to get the book, so make sure you do. All right, fantastic, fantastic. Listen, you heard it from the man himself. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. And again, I'm, I'm Bruce Jordan, MJF Hotels, and we'll be signing out, and we'll be talking to you soon.